Welcome to the Basketball Update. I'm Adam Nazarelli. This is the update for Monday, September 21st, 2020. The Nuggets clinch a victory in Game 7 to make it into the Conference Finals against the Lakers, and the Heat take an early series lead against the Celtics. The Clippers and the Nuggets, Game 7, which was Tuesday that last week, I believe. This game was surprising for me. I really thought the Clippers would have came in there after losing two consecutive games to win this game but they had really poor body language and they seemed really off to me because they were leading for the first half and they looked like the better team but the Nuggets came out in the second half and really really took the game to them they got outscored 50 to 33 in the second half and I don't really know if that stat line does the justice like 17 points is a lot to get outscored by but it felt really a lot worse than that because there were some garbage time minutes there at the last two or three minutes. Obviously, Nikola Jokic was completely unstoppable this game, getting 16 points, 22 rebounds, and 13 assists for a triple-double. Jamal Murray, after having a lot of troubles earlier in the series games, I was really impressed by him getting shots in the mid-range, getting three-pointers around the perimeter, passing to his teammates, and we'll see um, how well he can maintain the success going into the Western Conference Finals after a very convincing Game 7 against the Clippers. On the Clippers side, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George go a combined 10 for 38. So very poor from two players who a lot of you know journalists and talking heads around the league would probably consider top 15 players. It's just really not acceptable for, for these guys to perform the way they did in that Game 7, especially from Kawhi. Like, you kind of expect that, like, poor stats from Paul George just because he's kind of had a history of poor playoff performances this year included but Kawhi Leonard is just yeah really disappointing from him Doc Rivers the head coach for the Los Angeles Clippers had really poor timeout management the Nuggets went on a 14 to 6 run in the third to take the lead and he didn't actually take a timeout the next timeout was from Mike Malone after the Clippers went on a a small lead there so really strange decision making from him I'm not sure why he wasn't taking the timeouts when it seemed like they should have been taken and in my opinion he shouldn't be the coach for the the Clippers next year I I think he has a few more years on his contract but he, he has a really he's an underperforming coach is what I'll say he's lost three conference semifinals as the head coach of the Clippers and all three of the conference semifinals, he was leading three games to one. So this is in the 2013-14 season, 2014-15, and now the 2019-20 season. And he's had some insane teams. Like, these are all teams that should have made the conference finals. Like, as their floor is what I'm saying here. Like, his 2014 and 2015 teams, he had Blake Griffin in his prime, Chris Paul in his prime, DeAndre Jordan in his prime. J.J. Redick, who else did they have? Like, uh, tons of guys, and but those four especially, or those three, I should say. J.J. Redick's also a good player, but, oh, Jamal Crawford. Like, he's had some really good teams and just not got it done. So, I mean, I know he's an NBA champion head coach with the Boston Celtics, but his time should be up with this Clippers team. I think they need a new coach to really reel in these players and their personalities here. You know, speaking of players and their personalities... You guys, you have Lou Will, Patrick Beverly, Montrez Harrell, Marcus Morris. I mean, 
these are all really temperamental guys and they're all fantastic basketball players but there's no one to really reel them in not only from the coaching side but also from the player side I don't see anyone on the team trying to maintain this focus and and it's just it's gotten out of control honestly you know that brings me to my next point Kawhi Leonard if you look at his resume both of his championships he's won with extremely focused teams who everyone thought the Clippers would be going into this season and they had vet players who not only didn't crack under pressure but made sure that everybody was on the same page and this Clippers team doesn't have that I mean you have the Raptors Serge Ibaka who was in the NBA finals with the Oklahoma City Thunder Kyle Lowry who's you know done it all with the Raptors except win a championship before last year and then same with Marc Gasol and the Memphis Grizzlies so these were three guys who I think really reeled that team in and then obviously with the San Antonio Spurs I mean you have such a culture built in there top down with with Greg Popovich as the coach R.C. Buford as the GM but the players too Manu Ginobili, Patty Mills, Tim Duncan so Kawhi could focus a lot on just playing the game of basketball as opposed to making sure his team was cohesive and I think that really is where Kawhi's strength lies as a player and as a person just as calm demeanor on the court and yeah just being a great basketball player and lastly on the note of this series here just a slight interesting fact the Clippers as a franchise this is their 50th year as a franchise and they are now 50 consecutive years without making a conference final which is the most I believe in North American sports so kind of a fun fact but not really a fun fact if you're a a Clippers fan all right heading into the Boston Celtics and the Miami Heat. The Miami Heat are up two games to one against the Boston Celtics, all three games happening uh, this past week. The Heat narrowly won in overtime after Boston led majority of the game. So Boston had some issues with fouling that game. Daniel Tice went out. Jalen Brown had some early fouls. Jason Tatum, just all their guys were, were having a lot of troubles. They were the better team that game in my opinion but the last like few minutes of the fourth quarter they really fell apart which was disappointing and then that overtime block by Bam Adebayo that was just amazing fantastic play by him game two Boston again lead a majority of the game but fall after having a terrible third quarter getting outscored 37-17 This was a super interesting game to me, not because Boston lost. I thought they were, again, the better team. But for some reason, Brad Stevens, as a head coach, always seems to have trouble coming out of halftime. Like, I don't know what he's saying to his players, but the third quarter, I remember a few games against the Raptors and the Sixers. I remember a few games uh, in both of those series, Boston just really came out cold in the third quarter which I don't know what's going on with that but um it's something that Brad Stevens should really look at and the players should look at as well so at this point Miami's up two to nil and then game three Gordon Hayward returns from injury after missing one month due to an ankle injury he sustained against the Philadelphia 76ers so Hayward coming back to this series was actually very big for the Boston Celtics I mean I don't know if that's I don't want to say like 
Hayward is not the player he used to be, but he's definitely, I mean, yeah, I guess he's not the player he used to be. That's that's what it is. But Hayward is a big addition to this team. I think the Celtics really missed him against the, in the series against the Raptors. Um, even though he didn't really do a lot or like just from the box score, if you watch the game, he didn't really do a lot. But him taking minutes off of worst guys is, is actually huge. And I think like game four, game five, game six, you know, if the if the Celtics make the finals, he will be a very important piece on this team. He, like he, he, he can take pressure off of Brown and Tatum, not only in who they're guarding, because they know if, if you get the ball in Hayward's hands, he can score, right? Like he's not he's not a body on the floor. Like he's he's a he's a solid player. But yeah, adding him to the team, Boston beat the Heat 117-106. They pretty handedly beat uh, won this game. Goran Dragic played pretty poorly. Some of the other guys on the Heat played poorly. But overall, Boston just, uh, I think Boston won this game more than the Miami Heat lost this game, if that makes sense. Overall thoughts after three games in this series, I really think Jimmy Butler's proved he doesn't need to be the main scorer for this Miami Heat team to win, which I would have thought going into this season, Jimmy Butler would have taken a huge load of scoring. But if you look at the ter- first two games, I mean, he scores 20 points in game one and 14 points in game two, which are fine, not superstar level, but he's making everybody else on this team better. Making passes, his vocal leadership, I mean, in a way he's kind of inspiring guys, I think. I mean, especially the young guys like Tyler Harrow and Duncan Robinson, who probably don't have a lot of individual confidence being young guys in this league in the conference finals. But I think Jimmy Butler instills that in them and uh, gets them to score. Bam Adebayo. Drogic has kind of, I don't want to say he's come out of nowhere, but I mean, Drogic made the all-star team like two years ago, I want to say, 2017, 2018, I think was the season. And he made the all-star team if I'm remembering correctly, because like four or five guys were injured. So Drogic has never really been like an all-star player, just if you look at his career and his resume, but like he's certainly playing like one. And it's not just him. It's it's the whole Miami Heat team. And I think Jimmy Butler has a lot to do with that. Into my next point, how badly does Boston need a vocal leader? This is an interesting conversation because depending on who wins this series... I'm just going to assume the Lakers win against the Nuggets. Sorry, Nuggets fans, but let's just assume that, right? Who is the vocal leader on this Boston team? I mean, we've talked about it on the Clippers. We know they don't really have one. I mean, my best guess as a non-Boston fan would be Marcus Smart. But he's not an all-star type player. And in this league, it's hard to command a lot of respect as a vocal leader if you're not, like, top two player on the team, really. Because... The vocal leader needs to be someone who can make big time shots and not that Marcus Smart isn't been that. He's played like an all-star in this in these playoffs. But in like in my opinion, you need someone who can take that last shot in the game or not even that last shot, but just be just be one of those bulldogs, you know? They they have to put up like 15, 20 points, 5 assists, 10 rebounds, whatever. Get they need to do what they need to do to win the game. And Marcus Smart does that, but he's not really considered an all-star player in this league. And teams kind of have their own hierarchies, I would say. Kemba Walker could be that player for the Celtics, but he's in a he's he's in an awkward position, right? Like he's only been on this team one year, 
And although he's the veteran player on this team, it's probably awkward because you have Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, who are, I want to say, 23 and 24, respectively. So, and Jimmy Butler's like 30 almost. And they're Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Kemba Walker, all the top three players on that team. I think anybody would say that. But are any of them really the leader? Like, who's the guy on that team? You know, even in a game sense, I would probably say Tatum. You could make an argument for Kemba, maybe. Make an argument for Brown, maybe to a lesser extent. I think most people would say Tatum. But if they go against this Lakers team, I mean, you have such a clear hierarchy and just such an established pres- like league presence with LeBron James and Anthony Davis. So we'll see. I mean, we know we know Miami Heat has Jimmy Butler, but who does Boston have? Maybe it doesn't matter. Maybe I'm just making a mountain out of a molehill and this isn't even an issue in this league. Let me know. I mean, but that's my thoughts on that. So game four prediction. This is a really important game for me because, well, I mean, I guess every game is important in a seven-game series, but Boston going down 3-1 would be huge because, I mean, it's going to be damn near impossible to claw back from this hyper-focused Miami Heat team. And Game 3 was, to be, let's be honest, a bit of a blowout. I think Boston's going to win this game. I think it'll be a much closer game. I expect Jimmy Butler to potentially take on more of the scoring duties. He hasn't really done that since the Buck series. I remember in Game 1, he had like 40 points or something. So I expect him to really take this game over. And we'll see how Hayward plays. I mean, like I said earlier... Hayward allows Boston to run a small ball lineup essentially so they'll all have they'll they'll run a bunch of smaller players and run a really fast lineup with Jason Tatum at like power forward center kind of a deal and uh, that allows them to run really fast paced basketball high scoring basketball and like I said earlier Hayward takes up a lot of minutes from guys like Brad Wanamaker Robert Williams this will be an interesting game but I do expect Boston to win but still a toss up here. And then finally, the Lakers and the Nuggets. We've had two games in this series so far. Game two ending earlier tonight as recording of this podcast. Game one, the Los Angeles Lakers solidly win 126-114. They led since beginning of the second quarter roughly. I think the series is going to be a lot more difficult for Nikola Jokic after the Clippers series. Because if you look at the Clippers, where are all their best players? So, I mean, Kawhi Leonard, he's a small forward. Paul George, they're running at shooting guard, although he's a small forward too. Lou Williams, Patrick Beverly. I mean, it's a very guard forward focused team with their center position, which is Ivica Zubak and I guess Montrez Harrell, but Montrez Harrell's really poor on defense. And Nikola Jokic is a center, right? So he was just absolutely torching the Clippers because there was no one for him to really compete against. But with this Lakers team, you have Anthony Davis, who's, you know, debatably, not debatably, he's a top five player in the league. I think most people would agree on that. If not top five, I mean six or seven. And Anthony Davis is going to be really hard to defend against. And when you're not defending against him, you're scoring against him. So this series is going to take a lot of effort from Jokic. And we saw that in game one. I mean, he was pretty gassed by the end of game one. Uh, Game two was a lot tighter, especially towards the end. Game two was interesting, I guess, because I don't think either team really played good basketball. I mean, it was a bit of a grittier game. Jamal Murray had some good plays. Nikola Jokic had some good plays. It's it's really too bad the, the Nuggets lost this game because... 
I think it's going to be difficult in this series for the Nuggets to get a game where the Lakers are playing so poorly in the fourth quarter. And if they didn't win this one, I mean, are they going to win another one? I mean, like the Nuggets have to be leading at some point in the game. They can't just be trailing every game, which I think takes so much out of them. Just because having that mentality of like, oh, we're down, we're down, we got we got a one point up, we got to be two points up. It's it's really hard on a team, especially such a strong team like the Lakers. And you had LeBron play like he missed like three or four three pointers in the fourth. Like, you know, I think he had a charge. I mean, he just was not playing that well. And can you expect him to? Can you expect LeBron James, the best basketball player in the world, which I think everyone would agree with, to have a game like that again? Probably not. And then Anthony Davis, you know, scores that amazing buzzer beater reminiscent of OG Ananobi in game three against the Celtics for the Raptors. That was just two seconds left. Neither team had a timeout. What was the play leading up to that? I don't even remember. I, I Jamal Murray gets a block on Danny Green. They inbound the ball, you know, from the corner and Anthony Davis just hits a cash three. Doesn't hit the rim at all. Just amazing so I don't know what to add to this series I I really expect the well-rested Lakers to win this series I mean because we have to keep in mind the Nuggets have played 14 games up to this point and the Lakers have played 10 and that's not a huge discrepancy right I mean four game difference but we have to look at the quality of games the Lakers lost both game the first game in their first two series and then they won four straight the Nuggets went down three games to one in both their series and had to claw back and win three elimination games in both series. So this is a tired team. And I not only that, I think everyone on the Nuggets and in the organization, if you told them before the playoffs started, you're going to lose in the Western Conference Finals, I think that would be satisfactory for them. Where if, if you told the Lakers that, that would be a complete failure. I think if it was like Lakers Clippers and it was like close and the Lakers lost, I mean, whatever. But that was kind of the mentality for me going into this this postseason or my perspective as like a Nuggets GM or, or fan or whatever. I think they would have been very happy to lose to the Lakers in the Western Conference Finals. Now, that being said, after it happens, will they be happy? Probably not. I think there is more to this series, though. I think that the Nuggets can steal a game, but they'll have to be playing really consistent, really good basketball throughout the 48 minutes. So we'll have to see. Game three for the Lakers and Nuggets is Tuesday, September 22nd at 9 p.m. Eastern time. And game four for the Miami Heat will be Wednesday, September 23rd at 8.30 p.m. Eastern time. So thank you for listening to the Basketball Update with Adam Nazarelli. You can find me on Twitter at Adam Nazarelli. Tune in next Monday for our next episode. Have a good one.